Hi everyone and welcome back to my podcast, We Are Not MS. I am thrilled to have you here and before I get started on the episode, I just wanted to talk to you quickly about a programme I have coming out on the 17th of January called MS Freedom. Now this programme is for you if you are just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, you are stuck, you're anxious, you're scared and you want to stop MS being the only thing you th- that you think about. This programme is about inside out transformation. It is about changing the way you think, it's about changing what you believe about yourself, about MS and about your future. I want to help you to start to believe that you can kick MS's ass, that you can start to live again and live the life that you actually want to live. So if you're interested at all, I would be over the moon if you would join me and I'm going to put the link to join in the show notes and any questions at all, just reach out to me, but it is going to be brilliant and I really want to help you get 2024 off to a cracking start. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of We Are Not MS. Today we are having another guest on and I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have him here. It is the brilliant Liam, also known as underscore living with MS. That's right, yeah. On Instagram. Um, Liam has had MS since 2018 and has, over the past while, has really made it... um, his mission to provide a space, provide a community for people to feel safe, to connect and to talk about the about how they actually feel, which you know I think is utterly fantastic. I really, really do. So welcome, Liam. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. What a wonderful introduction as well. Thank you. And we've already been talking for about 20 minutes. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. uh, see, so we just decided to press record and go. Uh, so yeah. before we sort of get stuck into the nuts and the bolts, tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up and your family, things like that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was uh, born and raised um, in the northwest um, of, of England, uh, where yeah, a little little village in Cheshire. Just sort of, I'd say it was smack bang in the middle of Manchester, Chester, and Liverpool. Uh, sort of that little that little corner. Um, lived there in the same house till I was about twenty three, I think, and then um, met a met a girl from the northeast, and you know, I, I thought she might move down here. She thought I might move up there, and we compromised, and I moved up there. Uh, so <laughs> I've been in <laughs> I've been in Teesside um, for ten years now. Ten years of smoggy, yeah. Oh wow, very good. And you yeah. have two two children? Yes, yep. Yeah, Ava and Nate. There, uh, Ava's four, Nate's two. Full of just as much energy as uh, <laughs> yeah, as you can I mean, imagine. That's, from a, that's a challenge in, in itself. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and, they, uh, they they certainly keep me busy. And do you have a job as well, or is it? Yeah. Um. So I I worked for a bank for a long time. Um. Oh. Almost ten years. Um. Was doing quite well. Sort of. Uh, climbing the ladder and doing different projects and things and then um I eventually went self-employed into mortgage advice of all things it wasn't right. something I thought I was going to be doing but um someone within the family was sort of did the same sort of thing and kind of twisted my arm to do it so ended up going self-employed probably about 12 months before I got my diagnosis um so I've been self-employed since then whilst shifting from a few different projects that I'm trying to kind of get going yeah um so with that comes the flexibility to kind of work around my symptoms. But in all honesty, I'm not I'm not working 
a huge amount because I don't, I'm not really able to at the moment, but it is something I'm trying to kind of do more of and hopefully build something that kind of works around me, but still allows me to kind of yeah, earn, a, earn a living. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Especially mm. if you don't feel just a hundred percent to show up every day as the yeah. best you, you can be for whatever your job happens to be. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully you will find what you need to do. And it could be within yeah. the MS community because it's, it's on my whiteboard over there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a project I'm working. I think if I can use the energy I've got to do something about MS that I'm, I'm passionate about, that I'm knowledgeable about. And I think all the other jobs and caps I've worn over the years have kind of built up a little bit of a skill set that really lean to what I want to do within MS. So um, I kind of feel like I've just been nudged in this direction. And, yes. and hopefully, you know, if I can make it, something that is about ms and works with my ms then that would be an ideal situation for me yeah and, oh i think i think it's something worthwhile i think it would be great because you're obviously yeah. you know a, a, a people person you know so yeah. being able to impart some of your wisdom i'm sure yeah. so watch this space everybody let's <laughs> see what Liam is going to do so <laughs> that you were told you had ms in 2018 was yeah. that a complete bolt from the blue for you or had you suspected yeah so i'd been having symptoms probably for maybe 18 months two years leading really? up to that sort of gradually not really understanding what it was um but it, yeah, it, was, it was it was weird so i'd um obviously relocated to a different part of the country um i then went self-employed i then bought a house I then got married, big, big things, big, big changes, a lot of stress. Um, and I don't think I perhaps dealt with that in the right way. A typical bloke, I just kind of bottled it all up and shoved it, pushed it down. Um, and I, I believe that's kind of triggered a lot of, whether it's caused or triggered underlying symptoms, whatever it is, that kind of nudged me in that direction. Um, and when I went self-employed as a mortgage advisor, um, with mortgage advice, you also have to talk about insurances. So protecting the mortgage, life insurance, critical illness cover. And I was sort of sitting like we would now, either on a Zoom or face-to-face -face with a client, going through a health questionnaire. And I was thinking, why do they ask all these questions? Because I'm ticking a lot of these boxes. Um, like, have you ever experienced any numbness and tingling? Uh, any tiredness oh, really? and fatigue? Yeah, any... That was these... when you went, oh my goodness, there's yeah. maybe... Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so I sort of... I mean, it's not something you should always do, but typed it into Google as you do. Oh, and, and Google, it, just yeah. the answer to everything. Um, yeah, but it was just everything was pointing back to um, to MS. And it wasn't something I knew a lot about. And it's always been a since this, since my diagnosis, it's been a bit of a bugbear with me because when you are talking to a client, um, when it comes to insurances, you have to sort of talk through when it comes to critical illness cover, cancers, heart attack, stroke, MS. And so many people miss off or forget the MS because it's just not on the radar. It's not something it's that not important. Yeah, it's not. They just don't know. They think, oh, yeah, people have heart attacks and strokes. That's horrible. Cancers. We all we all know some someone or someone yes. in our lives that's been affected by it. it's horrible. So it's it's why, you know, it, it's on that radar. But I think we, there's just the understanding and awareness of MS isn't there. So, yeah, I start Googling away and thinking MS. And then I start looking at what MS is and thinking, Christ. So I started really pushing for an MRI at that point because I thought. Good for you. I need to know what this is. I was ringing up every day. Is there any cancellations? Can you get me in? Um, and then they did. So when it was when I was then told I had MS, I almost had like a a wry smile on my face that I was like I was right. It yeah. was like a almost a relief I think that this is something. So you know now we start to try and do what we can, find out more about it, see what we can do to help. Like I, I know what it is, so I can try and deal with it now. 
and I'm not going mad. This is what I thought it was. So yes. And did did you immediately go into that response of right, okay, what can I do to help? Or did you have an emotional breakdown over it as we often do, you know? Yeah. I think it was quite a delayed response when it comes to the emotional side of things. My wife was in with me in um in the appointment and when the, the doctor said MS, I felt her hand sort of squeeze my leg and she became oh. quite upset. Whereas I was just sort of like, all right, okay. See what happens then. Um, I was right. What do I need to do? So I started to talk to my MS nurse um, started to discuss treatments. Yeah. Um, I looked into things like oxygen therapy, what's working for people and, and tried a few different things. And then it was almost as I then continued to struggle on and found symptoms would stop me from. So I, when I moved up here, um, I'd been playing for an ice hockey team in the Northwest, joined a team in the Northeast, started to make loads of friends, was playing regularly you know, we were going to tournaments and it was just a great, great laugh. And I was finding more and more that the symptoms and the fatigue and the aching and the balance issues were stopping me from playing. I just, and typically you train really late at night. So the team, the first team I played for, or still play for now, technically, um, you know, training is usually about eight, half eight in, in an evening. Oh no, that's bad time. On, on a Sunday night, but it gets worse. Uh, I did train with a team for a little while up in up in Whitley Bay near, not too far from where you are at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we used to train from midnight till two in the morning. What? Because <laughs> it's just when you can get the ice time. Um, yeah, absolutely bonkers oh when I think about God. it now. No. That yeah. wouldn't work so, for me. That's not a sport I'll be able to. No. Put on the <laughs> yeah, it's not a recipe for um, for MS, unfortunately. Although there is a a guy who plays for the the sort of semi professional team near me who who has MS. He was diagnosed really young, and he's been able to continue playing. I think the exercise that he's continued to do has actually really helped him. Has helped him, yeah. Um. So yeah, he's he's a real inspiration to me, and I really want to try and get back to to playing um, playing regularly. But it was as I started to know, I was training at the gym two three times a week. And I was just finding that I was more exhausted. Cognitively, I was finding it difficult to do my job as a mortgage advisor. It's very stressful. The mortgage advisor often gets it in the neck from the client, the solicitor, yeah. the, the, um, the, the, um, yeah, where you buy a house from. It's gone up bad. Um, yeah, so you you just harbor estate a lot agent. of that stress. Estate agent, there we go. Yes, yeah. <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Um, you tend to be the, the, the source and target of all that stress and, and have to sort of go between everyone and keep everyone happy and, just found more and more that I was just couldn't do it. So I'd walked away from a career I never thought I'd have. I, you know, I didn't go to university. I started working in McDonald's, went into retail, found myself working in a call center and worked my way up to be, um, I was responsible for Scotland and Northern Ireland's like digital performance. I was flying to Belfast. I was driving to Aberdeen and very close to me. Yeah, there we are. See, so, yeah, great part of the world as well. I have my stag doing Belfast. Okay, um, oh God, I'm yeah. you're lucky to get out of that. <laughs> I know I survived. I survived. Um, but yeah, and and I found out since my MS diagnosis that I also have ADHD, ADD, um, and have sort of struggled with career and education my whole life without realizing what it was. So I started to grieve because I'd walked away from a, a great career that I'd, I'd really worked, kind of pushed worked for. hard for. I really had, really had, you know, all the flashy things, company car expenses, you yeah. know, living the life, getting the truck tube and, you know, bombing it around London. Um, it was great and I enjoyed it and I made some great friends there. And then I went self-employed, started to lose the ability to do that job. And which felt, must have well, been really, really hard. Yeah, because I now I don't have an income now. What's happening? Yeah, trying to provide for your yeah. wife and yeah, I'm sure she has a job as well. And I don't want to be sexist, but you know, it's very much yeah, 
I you're right though too that you want to yeah. provide for the family and you know yeah. contribute to the bills and do yeah. all those things you well, know we say we're a team um me and my wife I'm, I'm lucky she's um she's a teacher and she she loves a job she's done very well um she's sort of you know gone through a few different positions she's she's like a head of year head of house type yeah. role and and she loves it she's no aspirations to go on any further she just loves what she does she's happy um it's wonderful and, and, and I, yeah, I, I, you know, she's done really well. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her. Um, but there is, I think, it is a male, a male mindset. You want to be the provider. You want to be the, the macho man. And she doesn't want to be provided for or be a, a kept woman. Um, but you know, we're a team, and we want to be. You know, we both want to be chucking in the pot. Um, and it's, it's difficult when, you know, if I'm thinking, well, if I'd have stayed in that job, I would still get paid on sick pay, and then I might eventually get. There might have been, I think I might have had even had some income protection that would have like I would be getting paid income protection now yes. till my retirement. So, so age. you had all that frustration and yeah. the what ifs. Yeah, and the grief. What I, I think, should from have done. What I was losing. Yeah, yeah. You start to unpick it all. And of course you do. It, and it was then, like months and months later, where I had some real like burst out crying moments, just yeah. like, what is my life gonna be? And you know, it's hard when you're yeah. trying to be positive. Yeah, I was scared and I yeah. thought, you know. Am I going to lose my house? You know, am I going to lose the ability to to work? I'm a, and I went to the MS Society um, quite quickly as well. Like they have a support group that, that met quite close to my house. And I was rushing, running late, trying to get to this group. And I walked in and the demographic was a, was a lot different. It was a lot of um, sort of people that have they've lived with MS for a very long time, a lot of walking aids and things like that. Yeah. And it just, I felt like I'd been punched in the face. When I fa- finally found the group, I was like, oh, oh this is ms yeah and it then the reality set in but staring uh, you in the face yeah but they're they're a love they're a lovely group i've not not seen many of them for a while but i do intend to, to catch up because they were really helpful and yes again you had that space where i could talk about ms because i don't know i get annoyed when if if like you meet up with people you're not seeing for a while and they don't ask how i am when i'm living with something like this you're like you're not gonna check in on me but when they do i'm like oh yeah i'm fine yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't want to burden but them with it's, it. It's that thing where people don't ask because they can't see. Yeah. And like you said, it's not like the cancer or yeah. heart disease or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. People don't know where to put MMS. No. Don't know where to put it because they don't know, first of all, that it even exists half the time. Yeah, yeah. And then whenever you try to explain that you get tingles or brain fog yeah. or fatigue or whatever it happens to be, they're kind of like, yeah. well, I get that too. You know, yeah. people all—it's like it's like the ADHD when you yeah. say that, yes. and it's like, oh, don't we all feel like that? Well, yeah, but not like twenty-four-seven yeah. at hundred mile an hour. And I completely yeah. get what you're saying. It's not that you want people to ask all the time because you don't want to be the center yeah. of attention. But when they don't, you're kind of like, yeah, well, what? Why haven't you? Do you not care? <laughs> and I, I sympathize with that because they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. But even if I dismiss it and say, oh yeah, fine. Yeah. What do we always do? A bit rubbish. Yeah. You just, you know, so, uh, but I think, yeah, it's nice. It's nice that someone at least is just thinking about you and and recognizing that you, that you either are or might be struggling. Yes. Um, And even if you just say, oh, I feel, I always always say, oh, I feel like I've been hit by a bus, you know, and and there'll be some sympathy there and a couple of follow-up questions and then we'll move on because you don't want to be the emotional hoover. You don't want to suck the energy out of the room and suddenly bum everyone out. So, yeah, it's it's difficult for the people. I understand that. But I think with more awareness of what MS is, I think, you know, we get these okay. nights stand, stand up to cancer or children in need. There's no like, you know, let's fight MS night where there's, you know, 
Oli Mers is doing a number and there's none of that really. Well, watch this space, Liam. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, we were talking before. We'll have to yeah. do something. Oh, there could be great <laughs> things coming. Um, Absolutely. So sorry, where were we? We were talking about... Oh, yes, I wanted to go back and touch on the ADHD, ADHD hmm. thing. Have yeah. you found that that's quite common? Have you found that, that people with MS, that's not a thing I've explored or know anything about? To be fair, it was something that I, I've... It's sort of on my list of sort of questions to put out there because... ADHD is so common. It's just very underdiagnosed because it's, again, something we don't, it was the naughty boy syndrome as a kid, you know. At, at school, of at school. Yeah, yeah. And girls very much so get overlooked when it comes to a diagnosis because typically girls can continue to be quite academic for a longer period before it really Boys sort of are slightly less, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think you're more likely to have ADHD, which is the hyper side of things if you are male and more ADD. So you're not, bouncing off the walls necessarily if you're female so again it just gets overlooked but so i i would be very surprised if there wasn't a huge percentage of people that have ms that yeah, also have adhd it has to be because the, the stats of people that have adhd are so you know, big yeah it's a huge volume of people that some of them must have end up having ms and it's interesting to see how many crossovers there are in symptoms as well which i feel like it's sort of doubled up because i get cognitive issues from the ms but my brain will not leave me alone <laughs> with the ADHD. It's just rabbit oh, wow, that myself. must be really hard. Yeah, if I get very overwhelmed or stressed, I get burnout where I'm just really tired, which if I'm fatigued as well, is, is another double hit. Yeah. And I'm just, I just get very, very distracted and, and just, it's yeah, it's not a great combination really, but. So do, do you, yeah. I know you, you take meds for your um, MS, don't yeah. you? Yes. So do, you, do you then take meds for your ADHD and ADD as well to sort of yeah. counteract everything? Yeah, I, I, it's new to me, the, the ADHD um, medication. I only I was only diagnosed last year um, formally. Like I, I, it was for some, I mean, to be fair, like my, my parents were both teachers. I've then moved out and married a teacher and none of those, none of them picked up on it. None of my teachers at school picked up on it, but to other people, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I've got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have told you that. Um, so I started on, it's called Concerta, Concerta XL. It's like typically what you would start on. It's basically Ritalin. Um, okay. And I'm not really finding it's doing an awful lot for no? me. No. No, uh, but to be fair, there's like six or seven different medications you can try. And I think for a lot of people, you have to go through a few to find what works for you. Try the stimulants and non-stimulants. And I think perhaps I need, yeah. So I've actually got an appointment next month um, for the first time to maybe try a different one because okay. because more and more people are now realizing or getting diagnosed, which I think is really great. Um, at the same time, there was a problem at the factory with who produce the Concerta XL. So you really I, have, I went to a pharmacy this morning. I've still not got any, so I'm not even taking it at the moment, really. Um, so I want to try something else and, and give that a go. But yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely rattling now with tablets and bits of taking. <laughs> and on the springboard of that, that then, um, what are you on for MS? What's the medication that you chose to go on then? So I initially started with Tecfidera. Um, so taking a tablet every morning, every night. Um, side effects i would find i would get quite hot and flushed when i took it so i had like a my wife bought me menopause like a, well yeah pretty much yeah i had like a, a gel pack uh, face mask that i would keep in the fridge so after i took it i would put that face mask on and on it that was great recommend that another great tip someone gave me as well that if you are hot whether it's menopause or um anything else like that the way you do feel really hot stick a hot water bottle in the freezer 
Oh, very good. Always the response you get. You're like, oh, yeah, why not? That's yeah. a takeaway from this yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so stick it in the freezer, then put a cover on it. And yeah, that's that's a great one. Oh, very good. Yeah, so you're welcome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I found, I then had another MRI and found that I'd, I'd had more more activity, more lesions. The You know, some were still active. I've got another couple of new ones. So I then have moved on to cladribin, which is a four-year treatment period. Right. Um, it's and it was it's a chemotherapy tablet that I think was initially used for something like stickle cell leukemia or something. Right. Um, so lots of warnings on the box. You're not allowed to touch it. You have to like pop it into your mouth. So if it touches the surface, you have to bleach it. It's like pretty full on. Intense. You take you take it every day for five days. Then you have four weeks off. Then you take it for another five days. Then you have a year off. What? Then, then you repeat that cycle the next year. So five days, four weeks off, five days. And then you're still within the treatment period for the last, for the next two years, but you don't take any more tablets. So really you only have to take it 10 times a year for two two years years. and then you don't take it for the final two years, but it's still in the system and still eating and helping and whatever way it goes. I can't, I couldn't, I mean, I'm I'm just out of the cycle now. I've got a blood test next week to sort of do the checkup of it. But like, let's say for example, if there was something happening, in year three, I couldn't go on to another DMT because I'm still in that treatment period for for. Got to wait out the four years before yeah. you can explore anything else. Should yeah. you want to? Yeah, and it, it changes your like cellular genetic makeup. So it does. Um, I can't like if I if I step outside the office, I get hit by a bus, and I need a blood transfusion. I can't have just off the shelf blood. I have to have irradiated blood, um, right. because I am at risk of graft versus host disease so basically if, if you gave me your blood yeah. my body would attack it and i would die so i have to have irradiated blood and that's for the rest of my life now so if I, i've got a little card in my wallet that says you know i need another tattoo that says don't give me your blood yeah. i need irradiated blood yeah. that up your arm <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness that's fascinating yeah it's, so, it's, it's a very aggressive treatment for yes a contained period but obviously it yeah. is if 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 it lasts for that long so then once mm. you are, have completed the four years yeah you go again no i don't think so i think it's it's supposed it's almost like a to change your system and to to stop any activity but again i've never felt i have relapsing remitting ms but i've had plenty of relapse and zero remittance every symptom i have has never gone away you still have it yeah yeah, so I, I was chatting with um, Jay uh, on one of my podcast episodes where um, she's at What A Beautiful MS This Is. Um, she's yes. got a great page. She's, she's lovely. Uh, she was saying that if your symptoms continually last for longer than a month, it's permanent nerve damage. So I think what I've got, I've got forever now. Um, but I have felt, I don't know if I've got anything new, but I feel like things like fatigue, muscle weakness, it, it's getting worse. So if there is the option to try another treatment, then um, I would like to. But so also I am starting to look more about um, diet as well, because I think that's something that I haven't given enough attention to. Diet is huge. Yeah. I can't go on about that enough, how much of a change no. that made yeah. to everything but, about me. Yeah. Everything, yeah. you know. You, you know, but this, uh, I was fortunate enough last week, I interviewed... Um, Dr. Terry Walls, who obviously did the Walls protocol. Yeah, wow. She's like, you know, you eat, you eat today for the body you have tomorrow. And it's, it's, you know, you have to think about so what's true. going into your body. Um, and the fact that the Western diet is just the worst in the world. It's, you know, we're honestly, the more I go stuff. into it, 
the more yeah. I'm going, what have I done to my children all these years? Yeah, well, yeah, but treating them like I'm traumatized yeah. about it. Um, and but it's still, you only know what you know, though, don't you? you, you but, you're not doing it out of spite or being malicious. No, and I always thought think. that was like really healthy. But then when yeah. I look at the oils that I put into my food, which yeah. I now don't put in, but like yeah. we should not be having rapeseed oil, we should not be having palm oil, we should not be having any of that stuff. The only no. thing we should be having is olive oil, yeah, and coconut oil, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's all these things, but when you go to the shop to pick up maybe some quick food for the kids or whatever. Yeah. And you look, I mean, I now spend so many bloody hours in these shops yeah. because I'm looking at the back of everything. Yeah. Everything has rapeseed oil. I love oh. hummus. Now I'm going off on a tangent now, but yeah. I love hummus. Yeah. And now I can't hummus have hummus because even ones oh. that say extra virgin olive oil hummus, when you turn it over, the first ingredient is rapeseed oil. They just, it's like they've, and they've it's made it how they make it. And it then is... they add a little bit in just to say it's got that one. Actually, if you, yeah, I mean, I spoke with a, a friend of mine who's, um, he was a personal trainer, nutritionist. Um, and he, best advice he ever gave me, he said, um, food doesn't come in packaging, products do. Yeah. And it changed my mindset of, right, I'm going to get fresh veg. I'm going to get yes. meat or pulp, yeah, fish from the from the fish. I'm going to yeah. try to, I mean, this is what I said. I was, I've not done it, but it's my, that's my first yeah. ever New Year's resolution is to, I'm going to try the walls protocol and, limit my dairy, limit my um, gluten and, and try and look at what, what I'm putting in. I do also think that, I mean, she's obviously out of this world. What she yeah. was able to reverse and do for her yeah. condition is amazing. I've listened to her yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast. What I also think is that what she suggests you do can be quite scary for people yeah. who haven't done any of it. So I do think you mm -hmm. need to take it slowly. So yeah. as not to just come off the wagon, you know, very yeah. quickly. And I also yeah. think, I speak about this a lot as well that we should use ourselves as an experiment. Yeah, I'm that's actually, what she did. Yeah, I'm actually okay with the dairy now. I don't yeah. eat a lot of it, but I'm okay with some cheese and I'm okay with Greek yogurt. You know, yeah. and so I think you need to trial and error stuff. You need, yeah. you need to work out what makes you feel good and what makes you feel like you've no energy. Yeah. But you know, and also your body, your body will tell you, won't it? I, I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, I've yeah. read a book called "The Body Knows the Score." <laughs> um, I can't remember the author now. It was fascinating. So good. Um, yeah. But I think what people don't realize is that the gut brain connection, which we hear mm. talked about, it's huge and it can really, really, really have an impact on your mental yeah. health. What you eat can have such an impact on your mental health because of the hormones that are released. And yeah. But I'm going to do a podcast on that because I could go off yeah. on a tangent. My poor husband, oh, every, every time he opens <laughs> the cupboard, he's going, Where's all the food? Yeah, what is oh, this? Where's all the nice stuff? It's Christmas, so he can have it every once at Christmas. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's it's why I'm starting in the new year. I thought I'm not going to try and tackle this over over Christmas because oh, I want to no. enjoy myself. No, no, but, no. And I think yeah. there, I think I, I am a bit of an advocate as well for the 80 to 20 rule. You know mm -hmm. that we've got to be as good as we can yeah. percent of the time, but life is still that there to be yeah. lived. And if you want to have a drink or yeah. whatever your poison yeah. of choice happens to be, yeah, then, yeah. You know, you've got to live as well. But you I have absolutely, particularly when lives like ours are so challenging and so yeah. difficult. You know, to limit ourselves from all of life's pleasures just seems cruel. So it seems being cruel. sensible and and in, yeah, treat, treating yourself rather than just doing what you want because you feel like well, you're entitled to, you're going to yeah. suffer. And I think yeah. if you're like me in our youth. Well, I mean, you seem quite young. How how old are you? Early thirty. I'll be I'll be thirty five uh, on the twelfth of January. So 
you're just a lovely baby mid 30s <laughs> yeah um but back in the day you know we abused ourselves mm-hmm. you know well i certainly did oh yeah I did. hands up whenever yeah. i was a teenager when i went yeah. to, to queens to uni and everything like that i mean god the drink that we used oh, to drink. yeah thrilled with myself thought it was <laughs> and you, you look back now and you go oh my god yeah <laughs> I'm not alive you know it was uh, crazy yeah you know, I think that comes with age, though, as well. You sort of yeah. realize what you can handle. And as you mm. j- just said, the body lets you know quickly yeah. if you've but gone too hard or. You you can, yeah, you just, it doesn't like something. I mean, I, I'm I think I'm a I'm a American teenage girl at heart because I love a, I love a frappuccino. Um, oh, no. <laughs> like a nice a nice cold coffee. But I'm finding that that amount of dairy just wipes me out. Yeah. And actually, there's something that with caffeine and ADHD because it's a stimulant can actually make you can have like a caffeine nap so yesterday i came into the office i'd had a frappuccino on the way into work and i slept for two hours on the sofa i was done yeah so i've had to to stop that now yeah i just i just just, yeah class (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah when i've got a big list of things i want to do i'm like i can't be doing this so yeah I, i think um i think dairy and a lot of caffeine doesn't do me well it 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 yeah i think the dairy kicks my MS backside and, and the caffeine does, does the ADHD side. So you just you know, I need to be to careful. Up. Yeah. And I suppose that's what I mean by using yourself as an experiment. Find yeah. out. And I think that's sometimes where we fall down. We don't sort of accept the responsibility. What's the word? Responsibility. Responsibility. Of, of, yeah, of yeah. actually saying it's my yeah. body. It's the yeah. body that this is our house. Yeah. You know, and if you want it to stay strong, Mm-hmm. and to stay standing uh, you know yeah you know and it's easy i don't yeah i mean i think you just need to explore and you need to find yeah. out what works for you but you need to have the balance of a fun yeah time as well yeah you need to enjoy your life because life's for living um but because ms is such a varied disease people you know, we could have exactly the same symptoms but different severities or we could have completely different it's, exactly I, I heard someone refer to it as the i think it was quite funny actually because it, it caught my eye uh, firstly referred to it as the snowflake disease i've heard that like, yeah i was like snowflake i'm not a snowflake you know you think the 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 term snowflake yes. being, um you know an overly sensitive teen uh, but actually yeah it is it's it, you know like a snowflake it is just so unique to the person everyone's experience there's, there's can no be one so case. similar and so different yeah yeah it's so, so you have to listen to your body you do, you do. And I think that is down to us as people to do mm-hmm. that. Um, just a wee question that I wanted to ask as well. So whenever you found out that you had this condition, um, yeah. you spoke there briefly about your wife. Yeah. How did it affect those around you, the people that you care about the most, your parents that you mentioned there? You know, I, I often think that the people that are closest to you are often forgotten. Yeah. And how that impact must mold yeah. down to them mm. also you know yeah i think um I, I always say that yeah ms like my wife lives with ms because she lives with me it that's affects, an interesting way to put it yeah it affects her life differently but if it, it, ms is now affecting her life you know i can't do as much around the house i can't contribute to the house as much as i would like to and feel i should do um so you know she has to do a lot more 
Um, there's things that I just sometimes just do not have the energy for. It was quite stressful because after we got married, then I got diagnosed. We were wanting to start a family and um, MS can come with a lot of sexual dysfunction, which can yeah. cause more stress. And then that can back. So it was, yeah, it's just, nothing is just straightforward when it comes to MS and therefore it does impact everybody else. And it was a shock to a lot of my family as well. They were quite upset. And my mum felt almost responsible. She felt that it was her DNA, you know, been passed to me and I, she's, yeah. she's given it to me, you know, uh, and it's not the case. I do think that MS, you know, because of our gut and things like that, maybe some people might be more susceptible to it genetically, but I do think it, it's sort of caused by, environmental and stress and diet and things like that um but yeah they've, they've had to come to terms with it and and they they see me struggle and, and that's horrible for them to see yeah. someone they, they care about suffering um totally. so I, I do sympathize with with my friends my family and um you know and, and appreciate the support that i do get from them because yeah. it's it's really important and just knowing that because at, at the time when i was for example when we were trying for a for a, our first child for um before we had our daughter you know anyone who wants to start a family can find something you know you spend you spend your whole youth trying not to get pregnant and then go home like when you're married yeah. you just why is it i thought it was that easy what's going on yeah um, so it's very stressful and at the time we didn't know i had ms and that was obviously making things more difficult yeah. um so she felt quite guilty i think for almost putting pressure on me to like you know we need to do this we need to Think about this and 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 all of these things. It's a lot, just, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's it's a lot to deal with, especially I know, even from my own experience, when you're young and you're married, you know, most people do just want to have a kid. They just want yeah. to, they just want that to be the thing, and then that becomes the focus. Yeah. But then whenever it's not happening as quickly as you want, and I think it's probably very important that you talk about this, especially as a mm -hmm. man. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm an open book, and I I never yeah, shy I away from talking about it. That that's uh, great because I mean I've had a few people on here who have had young children and then other people who are concerned about the pregnancies yeah. side of things, but we don't hear a lot from men uh, and how it can affect them and yeah. you know the journey to the baby. Yeah, yeah. You I know, mean, fortunately, there's there's plenty of different tablets and medications we can <laughs> we can take to help out with all sorts of situations. Yeah. But there's also the one you don't think about. I mean, I, I take duloxetine, which is an antidepressant, um, and that is known to make it very difficult uh, for both men and women to, shall we say, fully enjoy uh, the okay. sexual experience. So again, I'm with you, trying, Liam. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> trying to keep it PC. Uh, but yeah, so, you've, you know, I've got, it's, it's difficult to sort of get started and yeah. then now difficult to, uh, to, to end up. Um, so I think knowing that that's okay, that's normal. Yes. It's not you. It's either your medication or your condition and there's things you can do to to do still you know the message live the life and for sure yeah it is i'm not ashamed of that it's not my fault um well it, know, it, it, it is man. the way it it is it's the reality yeah yeah, yeah exactly situation. so, so uh, we're just talking about your kids you were then blessed mm. obviously to have two which is yeah. wonderful um yeah, very lucky how have you found that as as as, as a dad a, a young yeah. dad with young kids going through all this, having ups and downs. And yeah, uh, that must have been tricky because I know, again, from my own experience, uh, you yeah. know, how hard my husband found yeah. it. You know, when they was like, oh my God, it's, it's a live thing yeah. you have to look after. This is crazy and it wakes what up all the time. It? Yeah, it's so needy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I was, I was very excited to be a dad and yeah. fell in love with 
the whole life um, lifestyle straight away. And and when I held my daughter, I mean, it, it didn't happen instantly. But then there was one moment where I was holding her and she just started crying that I just felt like a piece of me been ripped out and yeah. given to her. I just felt this protection and yes, need I'm going to, to kill keep her safe. for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I absolutely would like, I just want to protect her and make sure she's happy. Um, but again, having ADHD, there's, there's a 50% chance that both of them will have some form of ADHD and they are like coiled springs a lot of the time. It's and the... does, does that play on your mind? Are you concerned yeah. about that? You know, does that am, cause you yeah. anxiety and, and, and stress as well? Yeah, because I think because there's it's such an underdiagnosed condition and I know there's almost a grieving period for that as well, knowing like I think, well, what could I have achieved in my life if I'd known I had ADHD at the start and I'd perhaps tried some medication or been kinder to myself and not give myself a hard time or pressured myself to fit in with different groups. But and I do I, think, Liam, that the reality is that that's not going to help you or anyone else. And you probably no. know that, but it's very yeah. hard to stop the mind from go go going. But, yeah. you know, you you are now everything. I do believe this, whether anybody agrees or not, that everything does happen for a reason. And as you yeah. said before, the jobs that you have had have yeah. provided you with skills that are going to now help you to help yeah. others to combat yeah. this disease, you know, yeah. and I think Absolutely. if you can let your mind go there, that, that yeah. is when you're going to win. That That is when you're, Absolutely. The, you know, yeah. the fingers up to MS and go, yeah. so I'm actually going to help here. Yeah. I feel like MS has, has taught me a lot about myself, but it's also... That was a question I had, so that's yeah. great that you're answering it. <laughs> Nick that one in there, yeah. But it's also, I think, shown me my purpose now. Like, I understand what I need to do, why I... Maybe even why I have this condition. Yeah, I've got totally... a, white, a whiteboard on the wall just behind there that is mapped out with all these things I want to do that are going to help people. From I built a website that's going to have some more things on there soon. Um, hopefully that'll turn into an app. I'm writing a book. I want to do public speaking. I want to 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 show the reality of MS, the ups and the downs, but provide people with some hope and some reassurance that it sounds like I'm listening to myself. This yeah. is exactly yeah. And, I said and we're, I, we're cut from the same cloth. You you go one way or the other. You embrace it and run with it and try and do something positive with it, um, or you can. And it's fine if you do. If that you can succumb to it, and and I completely sympathise with how that can happen. But we we are fortunate enough where we have gone through so many ups and downs that we appreciate those ups and grasp them by the hand and want to do positive things with them yeah. um which is you know if we can if 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 us rambling onto each other now for however long helps one person then oh, I'm, I'm over the moon yeah because if it just gives that person who perhaps feels low feels like they don't know where their life's going to go now they're, they're grieving for what they might have lost they're scared yeah you yeah know, i, I get okay. a that's lot of okay to feel like that and there is hope yes and i i mean that's I love the word hope. I really do. And I think it's yeah. sort of, it can be, it can be used for, you know, loads of things, mm -hmm. but with MS. And I think like you said at the beginning, whenever you went on to Google and you probably saw yeah. lots of pictures of people in wheelchairs and things yeah. Like, yeah. like that, you have no hope. You're, you're, oh. you're hopeless. Like you just don't have yeah. hope. And I, you know, like I said, on other podcasts like I had a front row seat with my mum yeah. you know like she was in a wheelchair for years she had a catheter she had all this stuff yeah. going on you know I can't imagine what that must have been like though to then learn that you you I think know. oh well that's my future then because it's yes. just going to continue on and it was um, all very strange because my dad had passed away in 2002 and right. I found out in 2006 so I immediately became the carer for my mum as soon as my yeah. dad passed. And in fact, that was when she went into 
the 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 chair because yeah. stress because we lost him early and quick and it was very you know yeah. shouldn't have happened but anyway um yeah. and so she was immediately in a wheelchair before that she used to walk on a zimmer and yeah. he passed away and boom she was in a wheelchair so I became a carer for her my children were two and a half and six months old so my life became this <sighs> chaos yeah. this chaos of going round to my mom's three times a, a fighting day. fires yeah and so I mean and, and she was fantastic she never once complained about anything like and I yeah. think that's where I try to get my spirit from is, yes is her she never complained she was always always said there's people worse off than me Alison always 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 has been and always will be and I'm going do you know what yeah. she's right she's right yeah uh, so I did see what could have been and with that I think brought me the resolve that that was not going to be me now yeah. my mom came at a time of course whenever there was no treatments there was no 100%. lifestyle stuff there was none of this stuff yeah. you know, smoke and blah 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 yeah we don't know everything now, but we certainly knew a lot less about the condition 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah you're right. Even, no treatments available. We didn't know what helped or what didn't help. And you just, I mean, it just happened. When, whenever I was told I had it and uh, I, there was only one treatment for me to have. And at yeah. the time I just went blindly into it. I did no research, yeah. didn't know anything. Just said, yes, give me all the drugs, yeah. everything, <laughs> give them to me. And I was just, got? banging injections yeah. <laughs> into myself until I mean I have now come come off but that was after okay. a long period of time you yeah. know and so it is fantastic the options now that you have yeah you know, if, if you choose to go down the the route of taking to treatment I mean there's mm -hmm. there's options which are going to suit you you know, yeah. and that's the thing that people, again, need to explore and see yeah. what, if you decide to take that, what is going to work for you, what is going to fit in with you and the family that's going yeah. to allow you to, to have life, you know? Yeah, exactly. What can you do to, I would say that, that there's, when, when I'm trying to explain it to somebody else, I say there's no cure for MS, but there's treatments to slam the brakes on. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do. We're trying to stop that progression. And I, I'm a believer and advocate in disease modifying treatments. I think there is a benefit of them. I think that ultimately you know tries to to slam those brakes on hard it's not the 100 percent. you have to have diet and lifestyle changes to accommodate you can't just take drug take the drugs and, and, and hope for the best it. yeah yeah i'm just gonna go and get every more. weekend and and eat a load of rubbish and whatever happens happens you have to i think it's something that works alongside the other yes. changes that you have to make as well um, but i completely uh you know uh, absolutely you know if, if you if someone chooses not to go down the treatment route and purely focus on diet and things like that, I think you can still do a lot of good. And that's, yeah. I completely respect that decision. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not anti or pro anything. I've no. done both, you yeah. know, and I am all for everybody making the decision that's right for them. But I 100% agree with you that treatment alone yeah. is not enough. You have got yeah. to, you've, you've got to start putting things in place that are going to help and assist. Mm -hmm. treatment to work as effectively as it's supposed to yeah you know exactly. uh, i i think i cut you off you're about to tell me what ms has taught you oh yes yeah we'd, we'd, we'd stumble across the question we? um for me it's it's shown me a lot of, about myself and my character it's shown me that i am a lot stronger than i ever thought i i i was um not necessarily physically obviously ironically probably less less strong than i was but mentally i'm a lot stronger i'm a lot more resilient and i'm a lot more determined um, because it's almost like you've got this storm blowing in your face and you're just taking 
a step yeah. forward, a couple of steps back, a few steps forward. But it, it, I think that resilience of I've not succumbed to it. And I'm, and maybe I, I will do one day. I don't know. I mean, lots of people do, but I'm working hard to keep going. Um, and that resilience, whether it be to build a career or, or to build a, a project that helps people or just to show my kids that, you know, I, I'm not going to give up. I want to be there for them. You know, I want to see um, what their lives are like and I don't want to just be. You know, and you want to be involved yes. in, in the life as well. You don't just want yeah. to be a spectator. And I think for me, yeah. that was important as well. Yeah. So it was, yeah, we can all just sit in a chair and watch and yeah. if possible if possible yeah. i know that's not an option for everyone but if possible you want to be involved you want to be an active participant absolutely yeah you know and yeah. i think that's the goal for everyone isn't that really yeah it certainly should be and it's difficult it's not as easy for everybody i think no, again one Gosh. of the pros of adhd is i'm so impulsive i'm quite creative and i'm you know quite entrepreneurial let's do it let's try this so I, that kind of has, has sort of dragged me in the right direction too that's good though um, I, yeah, I, yeah, there's yeah, some I positives for it yeah, I certainly, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the kind of, I've always been quite creative. Um, started out as a musician. I played in bands and toured oh, wow. and played at festivals and all that sort of stuff. Have you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, festivals? I a, a, shameless, a shameless plug, but there is, um, I do have an album available on Spotify and iTunes. Go on, let's Came out 10 years ago. Um, uh, yeah, it's So the solo album is just Liam Senior and the album's called Love, Loss and Liberation. Um, it was just all about, you know, my my young 20s uh, love, love and heartbreak and life. And, you know, I was quite the, uh, yeah, the, I don't know what the term would be. But um, and I'm also there's a, an album I did with a band um, we were called Thought Explode. Um, and that's on mm-hmm. Spotify. And that was very, it's, yeah, I don't know how you describe it. It's like, I think it's technically called Hardcore Melodic Punk. So it's a bit shouty, very singy, very quick, very fast, very loud. Um, so they're very different albums. But yeah, I, I mean, after I went to college, I did a course studying uh, music production. I thought that was the route I was going to go down. It's taken me this long to get <laughs> the point that you that you played at, at at the things at the festivals and you have yeah, albums yeah. on Spotify. I mean, that's yeah. like crazy. That's fast. Yeah. I've shared a stage with uh, Blue Tones and Dodgy. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we toured with some big, uh, big punk bands. There's a band, big band in America. They're huge called A Wilhelm Scream. Uh, fail safe there's some really big bands in the in the genre and we we played at gigs with them and we've i've slept in a van you know touring around the country oh my and goodness it's very much living the punk lifestyle um wow but, and I, uh, that's that's a podcast in itself <laughs> i, I so, need to yeah. hear the stories of tour. <laughs> i mean that yeah. what goes on tour stays on tour yeah, you're not allowed yeah. to say anything wow yeah. that's amazing liam so it's, it's the polar opposite isn't it of um yeah, gigging, sleeping in a van with, you know, piercings in my face and tattoos on show to then Are you serious? You know, catch, catching a flight to Belfast wearing a suit to do a presentation about cybersecurity. It's, <laughs> it's not the same sort of life. There's but, something going on there. Yeah. yeah. I just roll with the punches, I think. And that's what I've always done. Whatever Love life throws at me, I deal with, I embrace, whether it's the MS, whether it was opportunities for music or business or whatever it was, I'll just give stick my hand at anything. And I, I always... I think because I've perhaps struggled a lot in my life without realizing why with the with the mm. ADHD and things, I just want to prove to myself and to other people that I am worthy. I am, I can achieve things. I I am successful, and and, and I'm not letting these things stop me to do what I want to do. And do you believe now that you are that you're enough that you're worthy and all of those things? Has that reality come to you now? Yeah, definitely. I think okay. I found with like things like meditation and gratitude and mindfulness and things like that to appreciate the life I have. 
because I can be so distracted or anyone can be so distracted by the negatives that you don't appreciate and feel the gratitude for the positives. I, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my cupboards. I have two lovely children who my wife and I are able to provide for and care for and look after. We have a lot Uh, to be grateful for, haven't we? Absolutely. We've got, you and I have a great platform to help other people. We're doing something that we enjoy and that is giving back to a community of of people that we're a part of. I've lived some amazing experiences in my life um, and I'm sure I will have many Many more. more. Yeah. And and appreciate those. That's exciting. To yeah. me, that's that I kind of went, oh my goodness, this sounds, sounds amazing. <laughs> you know, and I think I think the fact that you've been able to use some of the protocols like the meditation and things like that, I do that too. And I I, you know, if you'd spoken to me years, you know, a few years <laughs> yeah. ago and said I was going to journal and I was going to meditate and I was yeah. going to go out for a, a walk and talk to myself about the things I'm grateful for and yeah. my intentions for the day and all of those <laughs> things, I would have gone, ah, right, what a load of rubbish. Yeah, you um, hippie. <laughs> it makes a difference. Yeah. It makes really a does. difference. And like you said, it grounds you, it brings you back to now. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in the energy and in, in that the energy that you put out is the energy you receive yeah. and where focus goes energy flows and what yeah, you're yeah. doing your energy is flowing into this community your energy is flowing into attempting to create and to build yeah. a platform that is going to be amazing which I have no doubt it will and yeah. you know if you keep on doing that you're just going to reap the rewards. And as a result, other people are going to reap the rewards. And the fact that you said you found your purpose, I feel exactly the same. It's only taken me to 53 to get there. But anyway, um, I think it's wonderful, (laughs) Liam. We don't don't choose or decide when we kind of have these realizations, but when we do, we have to to embrace them. And I was fortunate enough when I did first go self-employed, I worked with a company who, uh, my boss, um, Lee, he's very much of that mindset of gratitude, you know, he's always saying every time you say something to us, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, appreciate that. And he oh, will, some of the some of the some of the phrases that he would come out with is like, what you give away grows and multiplies before it comes back to you. And you know, change your words, you'll change your life. Yes, I you speak all positively. Of that and, is yeah. is totally, I think, yeah, very hard, isn't it? Because you know, you think loads of people know about this stuff, mm. but actually, whenever you speak to most people, they don't because they don't read the books that you or yeah, I read or listen to podcasts. Silly, you know, yeah, yeah, and they're kind of going, "What?" You know, it's nonsense. Yeah. But you know, I think if we can just bleed it in a bit, mm. and if my whole th- thing is, once you begin to feel the difference, once you begin yeah. to feel good, then yeah. you can keep going. You can keep building on the habits, building on the things that is yeah. going to help you to get to that optimum. Yes. Thing, you know. Absolutely. For me, you've got to feel good. Most yeah. of the time, if we could all just get there, yeah. Oh God, how great would it be? Oh, exactly. And, and it is that mindset shift and cultural change. I think we are in an age now where people are more open, susceptible, open to things like that. And I think you know, it's almost like if you look in the surface of things, you think about like the secret, the law of attraction, those types of books and mindsets, where it's like yeah. you're literally asking the universe for things. You might feel a bit daft, but actually, what that's doing is it's it's shifting your perspective and your focus onto the things you want and are important and therefore you're more likely to see the opportunities and take them and to embrace the positive change whether it's the universe giving them to you or not or you know you're just making it happen 
you're still resulting in the same thing and that's yes. the things you want in life and I think that's really important to understand that I do yeah. too yeah I, if you don't know what you want or how to get it you're never going to get there and that's where it starts you need to know who yeah. you are what you want and what you need to do to to, to get yeah. there it's not hard well hard yeah. is the wrong word yes of course change is hard yeah. it is but yeah. the process doesn't have to be as hard as you perhaps imagine yeah so i do yeah, I agree that there to step listen we could go on we could go on for hours but it's <laughs> yeah. been well i don't know how long it went when i press record but we've been talking for yeah. an hour and 10 minutes yeah and oh, i feel like i haven't even scratched the surface i need to go about <laughs> the tour bus the festival carry on all of that yeah. i have a couple of wee questions just to ask you at the end that i ask yeah. everyone if you could change anything and from 2018 at the time that you were told is there anything that you would change um, i don't think there's anything i would change it's that i would i would start the things that i've come to learn sooner i would be looking at diet i would be looking at my mental well-being i'd be looking at these ideas uh, that i've want to achieve and, and the go. goals i've set myself now i would just it, i wouldn't change anything i would just start everything sooner because i think there is an element of grief there is an element of feeling sorry for yourself because it's horrible and then there is when you if you can try and come out the other side you learn these lessons and pick these things up often learning things the hard way so i think i would just embrace it sooner and start trying to achieve the things i want to achieve a lot sooner because i don't think whilst as, as awful as ms is and how difficult it makes things it's, it's not going to stop me from doing the things i want to do amazing i love that well you've probably answered the second question which is what would you <laughs> tell your newly diagnosed self yeah. No, in, in so hindsight. A, a question I um I often ask at the end of my podcast as well, but it's not something I've really thought of to actually as my own answer. Um but I've had some some great responses and and I don't know, I think I've just I, I think I, I did um an episode with a uh, with a guy called Life of Seb. Um he's he has a YouTube platform and he's has an Instagram profile as well. And there's something that he said that I think I would I would I would probably echo what he would have said to, to himself. And that is that it, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to grieve, but you are going to find the strength that you need to get through this. And you are going to learn that you are stronger and more resilient than you ever thought. And you're going to learn a lot through this process, but it's going to be okay that you are going to get through this. You are going to live with this. It's not going to stop you. Um, so I think I would probably just put an arm around myself and just reassure myself that it's okay. It's going to, it's going to be all right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really good. That's really yeah. good advice and really good words for, for, uh, for the listeners. Final yeah. one, which I think you've probably covered with both of those <laughs> is, uh, any advice to those that are currently struggling at the minute or maybe at the very beginning of the journey challenge. Yeah. Just to, to say that however you're feeling right now is completely valid. You are allowed to feel these things. It's a natural human reaction to a big life change and entering the unknown. But but to be aware that there are the likes of, of you and I and a community of people out there to support you. You're not by yourself. Whilst you might feel lonely and isolated, you know, we're all here with you. We're all a great gang, great team. Um, and just to yeah, start to embrace it and look for things that work for you to help you to keep going because yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to stop you from, from doing what you want to do. And we're, we're all here. We're all here with you, aren't we? I couldn't agree more and use us 
use the yes. people on here that are happy to help, that are happy to yeah. listen, that are happy to just chat. Yeah. I love getting a message in the inbox. It's, I'm happy to chat and message people. If anyone needs any help, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Well, on that note, where can people actually discover you and find you and connect with you? So the Instagram, well, I'll reel them all off now. Uh, the Instagram is at underscore living with MS. YouTube is at living with MS. And I have just started to put together a little um, like a Facebook community group where you can sort of like a forum really where you can chat. Um, so if you were to search for, uh, it's called the MS Mindset Community Group. Everybody's welcome in there yeah, on Facebook. Yeah. If you, you jump in oh, there, we're, we, you know, there's a couple of threads and things. If you want to drop a comment or ask a question, there's a load of us in there now that can try and help and answer and Brilliant. just, just be there to support each other. And hopefully, as we sort of said before, we started recording, hopefully things like this, your page, my page groups can ultimately result in is all getting together sometime. And, and how great would that be? I really just think amazing. that would be just so good and it's not as you and i said for doom and gloom chat it's for fun yeah. it's to uplift yeah. it's to connect it's to you know there's great people out there who i'm sure we could all have loads of fun together absolutely absolutely so it's all out there is all support and yeah i think you and i will have to do another few recordings and podcasts together yeah cause... i think we could have gone on i mean i yeah. had a few things written down i haven't talked about that anyway <laughs> that's Save fine the next time which is usually the way but i i've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and i thank you, you too. So, so much for your time thanks um, for having me so anybody who wants to uh connect with liam you now know how to do so i would strongly suggest that you do his page is fabulous and thank you so thank much you. for tuning in everyone and um yes hope you all have a fantastic week and i will be back next monday with another episode take care everybody